All right, Frank. So this week is a little bit of a follow-up on our holiday hack episode. I think you have a little bit of an update, but I also have an update. And it kind of comes back into the feedback, support, how do you address you know, user feedback appropriately? Um, and I have a really interesting one that I want to get into. Uh, but I think first, I want to talk about your 3D hologram of madness, of magicalness, and how it went and the grand unveiling, Frank. Oh, yes. So it it was a grand unveiling, too, because it actually survived the trip. I had to mail it through the U.S. postal system, which no guarantees, everyone. No guarantees. So um, I I wrapped it up very carefully. Um, I just want to say it was a very fragile design, and so I'm just congratulating myself it actually survived. So yes, it was assembled, and yes, it worked, James. It, It actually worked. It didn't fall apart. The screen turned on. Android did its job. My software didn't crash. There was, of course, bugs and usability features that I got requests immediately from it. (laughs) And uh, it it wasn't perfect. Um, I was actually talking to you earlier about it. And I mentioned the Android status bar kept Mm. showing up. And it was ruining my hologram. You can't have an Android status bar in your hologram. It just doesn't look good. So aside from that, uh, a whole bunch of people saw it, and uh, I think they enjoyed it. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Any mass redesigns besides, uh, obviously, of the app? We're trying to get rid of the status bar somehow, but any other other conundrums that that appeared? Well, immediately, of course, people just wanted more shapes, Mm. right? So um, I, I think, like, I actually might consider putting it into the App Store, but you have to have a way to, you know, download 3d objects and there are 3d object stores out there you know like there's thingiverse google has one i think microsoft has one where people can just upload shapes Mm. and things like that so i think um to make it fully (laughs) to have it useful as more than just a little trinket is to uh build a proper app perhaps my problem is i can't imagine people wanting to pay too much for this kind of app Mm. so i think i would definitely have to go the free route and then figure out a way to monetize after that yeah because once you go the free route then you run into all sorts of fun issues like i'm running into which is supporting things yeah (laughs) but you know it's a simple enough app and i can offer a few settings the hardest part is um there's a billion 3d file formats out there and one of the first problems with the thing was a few dinosaurs load a little bit slowly because they have way too many triangles and they're in a really terrible file format that i'm just you know parsing a million strings to create the 3d geometry which is an absolutely ridiculous way to do it don't ever do that but i was short on time (laughs) so my hologram's a little bit slow in loading objects once they're loaded they're great everything's fine um, but a little bit slow there. And that broke my heart because I like to write fast code, but didn't get to that point. I do think that there isn't a, a market for this somewhere out there. I feel like it, it looks like a Kickstarter project. And uh, I, I hope that you continue with it because you wrote all the code. You did all the things. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if there's a like kit of some sort that needs to be put together, like, oh, buy this thing and it's all things in one that's delivered. It seems like that would be a, a big price tag up top. But, you know, people are paying a lot of money for those 
cubes that you can hologram like uh, things into and play stuff on. But I feel like there's there's a market of people that I think would you know streamers right they have like a cool thing their thing in the background that's spinning or whatever their logo or they you know it'd be really yeah. cool is to hook it up to like a, a number like I, you know we made that little thing to show how many youtube subscribers i have although you never send it to me so i don't know if it if it actually works or not or if it was <laughs> oh, real but imagine if that was a 3d hologram mm-hmm. thing sitting behind me that was like updating and doing like a 3d number or something like i people would buy that you are doing great at PMing. This I is know. great. I didn't even think of that feature. Of course you want live updates. I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking about animation, like you want to animate the dinosaurs. But yeah, uh, well, I did think of a clock, but that, that's as far as I got on numbers. That's a good idea. Should make it so it can do web services and things like that. That would be neat, like almost like an if this, then that, where, you know, if it was hooked into something, I, I could imagine it, especially uh, uh, something uh, like a starry, a star system or the things and mm-hmm. like, ooh, this would be cool. Imagine if you could put, uh, this is ridiculous, you know, the GPS of the device and you do some search, which is, you know, what um, star, uh, what are the things called when the yeah. stars are in a thing, they're in a pattern. <laughs> you're killing me. The constellations? Co- constellation. It- imagine you, you're like, yeah. oh, here's the constellation. And it's the constellation above you and it shows it to you or even better. Imagine you show at throughout the different times of day, like, um, different weather stuff, but also you could do like the moon tonight, right? Imagine it's like, as it's progressing, it's like, is it a waning moon, a waxing gibbous, whatever is a new moon. And that shows up and you have these pre things and then it gets a little bit later and then it shows you the constellation. And, and really, I feel like I'm in a planetarium with the stars tonight playing. I love it. I love doing planet stuff like that. It's the best. I, I'm always bad at it. The math, the maths for the stars are terrible. But I even have a file on my computer that has the 3D coordinates of every star. You know, like whatever the first hundred thousand or five hundred thousand visible stars or brightest stars in the sky. So that's actually pretty easy for me to do if I can get the math right and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's uh, going back to the hardware for a minute. I actually have a few options there. Like within the app, I could give you access to the 3D file if you want to. 3D print it so then someone could just make it themselves Mm. if they want to go that route Uh, but also the way I got started on this is there are little uh, little plastic pyramids that you put on like your phone to do the same kind of effect and so I can write the app to work well with those little pyramid things Mm. and you can just get those at stores you can get it at Amazon. And so there's a little bit of at least some existing hardware out there that's actually really cheap, you know, five or 10 bucks. Uh, so you could use the effect with that. Yeah, you know, uh, a realistic thing that is possible is, you know, these 3D models, you could load them off of a directory on the Android device. This is something magical about Android is you, you, you're mostly speaking to your internal storage. However, you can, you, if you're granted permission, you can speak to the external storage. So you could pick a, a, a folder browser and browse the file system and read from a directory to populate that. So imagine a system in which, again, my PM hat is definitely on. It's like I just finished work. Uh, <laughs> and you're, you're, you're enabling people to put their 3D models into a bucket. You read that stuff from the bucket, but you sell them this kit and they, they install the app and they pay X to get access to these different things. And maybe that is the 
the unlock feature. Like, hey, here's the free version. We get this stuff built in. There's different things that you could get like XYZ or you could unlock the stars tonight or you could unlock these other things. You get these things for free. But then the upgrade is like, hey, if you want to tweak and hack this, like, hey, here's give me a folder and I will read the files <laughs> from this folder and go to town there. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's the trickiest part is I can't really just throw content into it because it's most good 3D data out there is licensed and mm. you don't have a license to redistribute usually. Um, there, there probably is some public domain 3D content out there. I should look into that, obviously. But uh, yeah, I like the idea of more computer-generated scenes. Remember my little game, Spacey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember Spacey. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah. I, I went insane with the um, procedurally generated graphics with that. I had procedurally generated planets, space stations, obstacle courses, enemies, backstories, solar systems, uh, gateways between them, you know, that kind of an economy. Oh, there was an economy there. And so um, I would love to put that into hologram form. <laughs> You should put it on the phone. It used to be an Apple Watch app, right? Exclusively, but why don't you just put it on the put it on? It is on the phone. What I hmm? Thanks, James. I've totally forgotten now. I have to check on it. Um, the problem is I took it off the App Store because of some bug or something. But I should uh, get a get a version two going. Yeah, with some feedback I've gotten. Put it on the phone. Just give me the thing on the phone. I want to play. Oh, the game business is terrible. No one wants to be in the game business. No, I don't want to be. No. <laughs> uh, although I did play the new Halo all the way through this holiday and it was fantastical. But let's get back to holiday hacking now that we got an update from you. Now, this is I'm going to go deep on some code and some best recommendations here because I have worked on this Snowpark app a little bit and I did a little bit of updates. I didn't do too much, but you know, the first week of my holiday was uh, doing well, some updates. Doing I'm updates. excited for this. I, I know some news and I, I want you to tell everyone the news because I don't want to ruin the news. So, so James, was there any news about your app? No, I did make the local news. Uh, I will say we were going out of town uh, to a nearby uh, town just like for an overnight uh, trip. And uh, the news person actually wanted to talk to me uh, huh? and interview the me. Voice? But I was out. And by the time I got back to them the next day, they already wrote the piece uh, on the, on the website or whatever, which is the so author funny. was not available for comment. Ah, oh, you're, you're, you're one chance at stardom. I'm just kidding. You're already a star James. Uh, that's, I think it's exciting. Yeah. I, I like it when technology gets recognized by kind of old media. Yeah. It, in the eighties old medium still means something to me. It was so cool. Like my neighbors texted me and they're like, congratulations. I was like, Oh my goodness. I'm like, what happened? I, Cause I didn't know about it. <laughs> and then they, they totally did it. Um, um so that was, that was really neat. And I was like, okay, now I actually now I actually have to do work and make sure that this thing's good. And I submitted an app update the day before Christmas. And I was really surprised because this year Apple was open over the Insane. holidays. Insane. I, I, I didn't even know like I, I was pushing myself to finish an update, which, by the way, I didn't finish. So congratulations <laughs> to me. Um, I was pushing myself to finish it, though, because I'm like, oh, the store always closes by the 20th. Yep. And uh, it just and they usually put that banner up and the banner never showed up. What a weird year. Did they explain that? Did I miss an email? Oh, they put up a different banner that said that they would be open, but things might be a little delayed. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? OK, <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to say good, but it, it never really was that bad that everyone gets a little 
break in the winter, but okay. That's that's nice. The world economy must move, I guess. And that being said, I got very minimal app updates on my phone over the last two weeks, which means that guess what? Companies are also off. So it's only people like me that are submitting <laughs> app <laughs> updates over the time. So I, I, I spent some time in the app and, and got some feedback based on, you know, um, us using the app in the wild. And and one thing that I spent a lot of time on was literally, but I'm bummed. It, that's true. But I'm um, so there's two things I did. One is that I worked with the organizer to, rem- to, 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 to get access to the weather data. So I didn't have to do the HTML agility pack, which was fun. Oh, and it worked, but, Aww. but I it, love that part, <laughs> but it was funny. Cause then I, I asked him, I was like, Hey, do you, do you also have this weather data just on your server cache? And he's like, Oh yeah, I forgot to send it to you. So he already had the JSON feed. So I didn't even have to do anything. Uh, at all, which which then enabled me to do metric um, and imperial units because I now have the raw data, which oh, um, was you already parsing. I see you weren't parsing the numbers. You were just literally blasting out the string. <laughs> you just had strings everywhere. Correct. Gotcha. And then this okay. got this got me into a conundrum because uh, I learned a lot about the metric system. <laughs> Uh, oh no! Uh, <laughs> did, did, did this episode just take a wild right turn? Okay, a, li- um, a little bit. So, so, so things are pretty straightforward, right? If you think about what I'm displaying in there, I have um, temperature, right, which is going to be Celsius or Fahrenheit. That that's super easy. That's the majority of things. But here's okay, just sorry, just rewind real quick. Okay, okay. So th- this is a hyper local app. <laughs> yes, it only applies to one very small area around you yes so much so that you got written up in the local newspaper yes that area happens to be in america which uses imperial units yes so just out of curiosity why are you supporting metric you know i just want to be inclusive of our canadian friends that may oh it's come down okay it's their fault blame it on canada or any other tourist in the area or you know what people that maybe moved to the Pacific Northwest, that prefer. Right. I'm being short-sighted. I'm sorry. I, I revoke the question. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> um, Please tell me how you added metric now to your American app. <laughs> so I did add metrics. And here's the fun part about it is that Xamarin Essentials and Maui Essentials have unit converters built in. So they have a Celsius to Fahrenheit and Fahrenheit to Celsius oh, built in, which is nice. awesome, right? Yeah. Here's the weird part is... Wind speed, Frank. Wind oh, speed. Okay. So is that usually in knots? Are are we all sailors when it comes to wind speed? I would I would do it in knots. So do you do kilometers per hour? Do you do okay, you do miles per hour in Imperial? What else do you do? So in Imperial, you are 100% correct. I did miles per hour because I just like opened up my that's what I normally am. Like I am, right? And that's what he, he, the other person that does the website had on the website, which was miles per hour. So that's what I was displaying before. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. It's returned to me in meters per second. Ooh, yeah. You need Kelka to help you out. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked, like most people do, Twitter. um, And I asked Twitter, I said, hello, my metric, my metric using friends for wind speed. Is it meters per second or is it kilometers per hour? And Frank, that led to so much 
discussion. Oh, God. Oh, uh, God. Never give people a choice like this. Oh, no. Look at this. Knots for maritime offshore. Very good, Drew. Yep. I, I'm with you for knots. But, uh, oh, gosh. A lot of people want knots. This is great. But there are the meters uh, per second uh, contingent. They exist. You didn't do a poll. It's pretty random. Did you do a distribution? Because it looks pretty random what people want here. <laughs> yes, we got, um, we, we got, a, well, and then some people are like, it's cultural specific where if you're in, um, certain areas and they want kilometers per hour, but on the TV they use. Yeah. So like, so, um, oh so my what, gosh, it's totally random. Everyone voted for everything. Yes. And a lot of people said they, what's this, a bow mod? You just have to do a drop down. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's required. It's required. It's the only way to make people happy at this point. Beaufort? That's what it is. What is a Beaufort? Yeah, I had to look that up. It's like some other unit, I think. I don't know. But then it's all over the place. So yeah, Clifford's like knots, unless you're um, in uh, Russia or China, then it's meters per second. But then, of course, if you're in like some parts of Canada, then it's kilometers per hour or maybe in Europe or in New Zealand it's kilometers per hour. And then um, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. That is what I said. Okay. And JB solved <laughs> it. The JB bell. Ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> Hello, JB. JB did the smart thing, which is he opened up Apple weather. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and he says, it says kilometers per hour. Okay. What Apple does, we shall all obey. So it's Larry who came up with the Balfort scale. I still have no idea what that is. And I do love all the trolling that also occurred. Yes. Furlongs per fortnight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Internet. You keep being you, internet. You keep being you, internet. Yes. Uh, there was, I'm trying to find the screen. And if I, if I can find it, I can find it. There was somebody that they, of course, linked to the Wikipedia page for international units. But then someone also linked me to like their weather application and the amount of toggles that that they. Oh, here it is from Dennis, I believe is how you pronounce uh, their name. I just sent it to you. Um, This is from Windy. which is apparently a wind app, uh, the amount of conversions and customizations that are allowed. So in just the wind category, there are five <laughs> KT, which I'm assuming is knots, BFT, which uh-huh. is the Beaufort or whatever Beaufort. Yeah. meters per second, kilometers per hour, and then miles per hour. Okay. Can I tell you, I hate the Beaufort scale. I just had to look it up because my God, I just had to look it up. It is, <clears throat> people a scale from zero and i like that start with zero Mm -hmm. that's good that's good programmer thinking that goes up to 12 which means there's 13 categories which is a prime number it makes absolutely you can't divide it in half you can't divide it in quarters (laughs) you know (laughs) a good scale goes you know one to ten zero to nine (laughs) zero to 99 you know this is this is ridiculous i don't like the beaufort wind scale sorry larry don't approve so i did what apple does and i just use kilometers per hour now that's not to say that apple does different things in different regions um, out there but based on what i saw in the apple weather application which by the way like i got heather an ipad mini the ipad does not have a weather app it does have a weather widget which is the same widget 
that is on my iPhone, but does not have a weather app. And when you tap on the weather, it opens weather.com. Frank, what the heck? Uh, tell me about it. Uh, missing calculator app, I believe, also on the iPad. It makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, there are wonderful uh, indie dev apps out there for all of these things. Those are wonderful categories to go play with. I recommend buying like 20 of each. In fact, I find it really funny. Uh, my parents each had like five or six different weather apps mm. on their iPads. But uh, I don't know. I don't. That is a weird Apple thing. That That is some weird internal politic thing happening. Don't know. I don't get it. Anyways, Apple fix it. Get it done because the weather <laughs> app is awesome. Okay, so I solved that. So so we have it. Kilometers per hour. That's the de facto. That's what I'm going with. You're 100%. not going to give these uh, five options? I like the five options. No, I just, I, no, I here's what I, I, I said, okay. is I can always change it in the future. Right? If I just have an imperial or metric toggle, I could then go, go, go crazy. If I get feedback, right, mm-hmm. then I'll do it. People are like, oh, that's not from, my from metric. the two Canadians that come yeah. through. And the one German family. That's not my metric. So anyway, so that's what I did. I'm very happy about that. So I, I also updated that. I also updated my caching mechanism. I'm very happy about this, Frank. So what I what I have is I have monkey cache, which caches the data. And if you're offline, mm-hmm. then I show you the cache data or whatever was last displayed. I realized, though, that... Can I... Sorry, quick interjection. Uh-huh. Uh, does that cache ever expire or you just have it as a infinite cash oh i mean it it it's an it, it, there is an internal expiration so for example let's say you close the app you open the app you get the data you close the app and one minute later you open it again it will mm-hmm. it'll show the cash data oh i just meant for when you're offline how long will the offline version last oh, forever good good yeah. just checking forever now, here's the other thing. Just checking on you, buddy. Forever. It, there is an internal expiration, but I ignore it if you're offline. I just say, give me the cache right. data if you have it. So, gotcha. Uh, is that built into Monkey Cache, or you had to write that? That was built in. It's built okay. in. Yeah. Uh, it's, very, it's very simple. In fact, the Monkey Cache logic is very simple. It says um, uh, the first if is if your network access is, does not equal internet, then give me the cache. And oh, then flat out. And then (laughs) else, um, else if, if you don't want to force refresh and it hasn't expired, then go give me the cash. Um, because sometimes you may be within the like five minute or 10 minute or 15 minute interval, but if you pull the refresh, that's a force refresh. You want to go get new data. Very important. So uh, I have something on that. I want to ask if I did this right or not, but, but I'll go back to the caching. So one thing I did (laughs) is I realized that. If an exception occurred, let's say that you had a timeout because you're in really, really low bandwidth because, you know, you're skiing in the middle of a mountain and you have you have Internet access. Um, Flaky Internet. Yeah, I believe it's called flaky Internet that would return a blank page and that would be no good. So I implemented a system that if you do have Internet, but an exception occurs, it will still then go and get the cache data and return that, but then do a pop-up to say, hey, we had some issue. We're just returning you the cache data. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even bother with the pop-up. I I don't know. Like, Do you just have a online or offline indicator? But for this app, you probably don't bother with that. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. the pop-up, fine. 
That was, that was my thought. So it did that. That was, that was optimization one. But then I realized, Frank, that my four, and this might be a problem in every single app I've ever created is <laughs> HTTP client. Oh gosh. I know. Do, do any of us know what to do with HTTP client? I turn off every feature. That's what I do. So, so what was your issue? In V1, my code said HTTP client equals new HTTP client. <laughs> they hate it when you do that. <laughs> so the first advice you always get from people is stop newing up HTTP clients. You're supposed to share that class. And it is it it, it was meant for like the um inversion of control kind of thing or injection injection what am i saying you know that stuff and so yeah you're supposed to just have a global one around that you uh you make requests with it's a little different though because you can configure it with like the chains of this handler than this handler than Mm -hmm. this handler and they can modify things so you'd have different versions of that for those different scenarios but i think most apps can get away with just one so i do have one um, there so that I, I used to, cre- you know, when I recorded the first app, I have this like static constructor, this service, you know, whatever that has a read only HTTP client. I knew it up and I, I do actually believe Miguel told me once and, and tweeted publicly that at least on iOS and Android, it doesn't matter if you're just doing new HTTP client, the generic one, because I do believe the mono runtime under the hood, if you just request an HTTP client without any parameters or anything special on it, it will return you the same HTTP client. Oh, that's interesting. I think. Um, certainly, it's all implementation dependent. So they can share uh, some kind of resource. Because I know, like Xamarin iOS, you always have the option of a fully managed HTTP stack, mm-hmm. or you can use the NSURL-based HTTP stack that's built into Apple Apple products. And I, I actually always go for the NSURL one, uh, just because I like the idea of using as much native stuff as possible. But um, you always have that option. And so I'm sure the front level public API is really just a facade over a more sophisticated resource sharing system. Yeah, because HTTP client, right? It's going to build this abstraction on top of the Android and the iOS one, which are now the default, like the default Android and iOS one. Those are the defaults when you create a new project anyways, because of TLS and all that stuff. Um, uh, but it still does has like caching and timeouts and it has a whole bunch of other stuff built into it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's doing. So the first thing I did is I added a timeout. I thought that would be smart. Yeah, the default TCP timeout is pretty long if memory serves. It's like 20 seconds, I think, is the default timeout. So I usually knock it down to around five seconds. Mm-hmm. You, you got to do your own tests. But um, I usually find if it takes longer than five seconds, it's usually better to just abort and try again later. I, th- I thought the default was like several minutes. I, I think it might be like, it's ridiculous. Whatever the default, it's huge. It's yeah. way bigger than you think it is. Yeah. I, I think it's minutes, um, but I, I could be wrong. Um, so I did. It's app. possible. I, and I just don't believe it because it's been, yeah. So <laughs> I always said it. I always said it. So I, I said that. So I was like, that's a good one. And then I realized I have this pull to refresh in the application and I'm calling the same URL, which okay, I assume HTTP client will be like, hey, I already got this data. Ret- return the data, right? 
No, I I think caching is off by default. It's it's not going to do that. It's going to do a proper request. Anytime you tell it to do a request, it's going to do a full request. It doesn't do caching by default. Is it? So all this can be configured. For example, if you're going through NSURL, yeah, there you can create like um, cookie sessions and things like that. Things that get persisted, and part of that is the caching layer. So you can turn on the caching layer through the like NSURL mechanism. Sorry, I'm totally blanking on the .NET way <laughs> to do it. Um, so you could like turn on that system, and that would in fact be doing um, at least like eTag. Uh, caching because mm-hmm. with HTTP, there's so many levels of caching, right? So there's proxy level caching, there's the server level caching. The cache uh, server can say, I'm an e tag caching system or I'm an expiry date uh, caching system. And then the proxies have their say in that, and then the phone has its say in that. So you can configure all of those wonderful options. Yeah. So, and I say, so I'm not sure because there is like a usually a cache control and the e-tech system and things like that that have changed. And and I wasn't sure because I've read online that that the HTTP client uses a cache that to store responses that come up with without the cache control header. Like if you don't have a cache control header, it's just like cool, cache it. Hmm. Hmm. Is that on by default? I don't know. I don't okay, know. So Good way to check on all this stuff is I highly recommend if you're if you're running um, an app is to have a reverse proxy. So something like Wireshark or on Mac, I like an app called Charles Proxy. And if you're really curious, make sure you're actually hitting servers. I recommend going through one of those so you can see the exact HTTP traffic that you're sending. Yeah. Now, I could be. 100% completely wrong. And please, somebody write I hope in. you are. To be thoroughly honest, I hope you are. Because uh, caching should not be on by default. It's usually, it should be handled at the app layer, I think. But it that, might be. Who knows? That's what I think. So so there was a few ways with, to, to so, so then I said, okay, well, I'm not 100% sure. And I can't really find a good data source on this. And please, someone, please, please write in and let me know. I couldn't find 100% definitive yes or no to this answer. So there was two recommendations that people had for me, Frank. First <laughs> was append a timestamp on every HTTP call. Oh, as like a query parameter? As a query parameter, because it's a unique, I'm, remember, I'm just querying a text file on a system, yeah. right? I'm not, it's not a, it's yeah. not a, it's not well, a now, web <laughs> API with e-tags or anything like that. It is a, a text now, file. Now yeah, but now we're playing the two levels of guessing games guessing game level one was is caching on or not mm-hmm. now we're assuming if caching's on does the cache care about query parameters because <laughs> guess what not all of them do oh no <laughs> so like i just love like how deep this rabbit hole of guessing games is gonna go before anyone just gets a proper tool out and measures <laughs> it's true uh so i i was like i could do that but it doesn't feel right. Like it just doesn't feel right to me in general. I said, that can't be right. So here's what I actually did is I went I, in, go ahead. I'll interject. I, I do think that there is a caching uh, header that a client can send to the server 
and say specifically, I want a fresh copy of this resource. Of course, it's up to the server and everything to obey it, but it should be able to like make its way through, say, a proxy. Mm -hmm. That's why I was mentioning proxies before, because proxies were nasty in the past where you could never tell if you were getting a cached copy or not. And so there are HTTP header directives to say, cut through all the BS, please. I, I want a fresh copy of this resource. And funnily enough, that is literally what I did. So there is a... I, I beat you to it? <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud. <laughs> so so this is what I found on the Stack Overflows, which is client, so your HTTP client, dot default request headers, dot cache control, and you set that equal to a new cache control header value where no cache is equal to true. No cache. Yeah, it's called no cache. No cache. Yeah, I, th I thought there was a way to say fresh or what? It, yeah, no cache. No, no cache. cache. No cache. I love it. Now, no hyphen cache? No, no cash. That's all. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no cash. cash. So, sounds good. Um, still, I, to to be proving to yourself completely, I still think you should use the tool. I probably get a, get a reverse proxy up. Uh, Fiddler, Fiddler, I think is no Fiddler wouldn't work with mobile. Mobile's tricky because you're not attached to a computer and you have SSL certificates and all that. So what happens with a good uh, reverse proxy is you, they sign all those little dev kind of certs to make it work. Yeah. So here's a funny thing is then a few days ago, I got an email from Kathy, very nice, very nice person. She wrote in, I can't get the app to update the reports or the forecast or the road cams and it's days out of date. She's what? like, what? <laughs> this is what she said. She said, the this app, is why <laughs> the, she Sorry, said the, the app should pull recent info every time I access it or have a refresh reload swiping down. Looks like it should be doing this, but it, but does not do so reliably. Right. row. It so broke, huh? how I tested this is I opened my app and I just opened it in the morning and the weather updates every 10 minutes. So I just sat there and every 10 to yeah. 15 minutes, I pulled the refresh and the weather updated, all the images updated. So I don't, I don't know if she just didn't pull the refresh hard enough. She said her husband also on his five-year-old iPhone also had this issue, but I'm like, I can't reproduce it. And and then she's like, you uh, should add a button in the app that, that makes you do it. And I'm like, I, the pull to refresh should work. And I've been testing I, it all day and I'd have it open overnight and all this other stuff. And I had her, I had her force close it and reopen it. And then it pulled fresh data, obviously. But I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I yeah. did something wrong, Frank, because it works on my machine. Have you tried like switching networks, turning your Wi-Fi's on and off? Like, I feel like this is a case where there an exception's getting swallowed somewhere, where you should be resetting something. Hard to say exactly, but I I do think for an app like this, maybe you want to at the very top show last updated ten seconds ago, last updated mm. four seconds ago, and then if you tap that, then it does a hard refresh again. Yeah, that's true. I could do that. That, then you'll know your online offline status and all that. Yeah. I'm just not sure, Frank. That's my, uh, uh, I would say, yeah, these are the worst bugs to track down. Um, cause you, you can't tell exactly what she was doing. Even if you had a million log statements in the app, you probably won't even catch this bug. Yeah. And I don't even know if it is a bug because it totally works <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I'm home up, man. So many users of iCircuit. I, I just believe anything is possible. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it works in the 99% case, but that still means, you know, one out of 100 people is going to run into a bug. That's true. I'm going to ask Heather to, she has the app. I'm going to have her do it and do this. And I mean, I could add a button. I'm not against adding a refresh button on top. It, it, don't think of it as a button. Think of it as a status indicator, mm-hmm. like yellow and green for online, offline. It'll be nice. People appreciate people appreciate given an element of control. But isn't the pull to refresh the element of control? For sure. I don't okay. know. I don't know why that's, that's not working. That's my dilemma. <laughs> Get some is, logs. <laughs> that's my dilemma is I, is I thought that pull to refresh is like the de facto. It is. It is. Like Twitter doesn't have a button. Facebook doesn't have a button. No. I wish photos had a button. <laughs> That's one where I'm like, is it refreshing or not? <laughs> I, I I get where someone's coming from. Buttons buttons are discrete. You can tell if you pressed them or not. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe they think because pull the refresh is a fancy animation, they think that it's fancy logic. We all know that's not true. In no. the end, it's just doing a button click event handler. In yeah. the end. So yeah. Could it have been a UI refresh issue? Any chance out of that? I don't know. That's a good question. That's why I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly puzzled. Uh, I guess the only way I would know is that if I, if I did do a, you know, a a status indicator of like when it was last refreshed, the data, um, display that in the app. And then did you do the poll to refresh where it does a spinner while it's refreshing and then mm-hmm. goes away when it's done? Yeah. Yeah. Except for it's really fast. Yeah. I mean, that's always the, you should put an artificial one. in. It makes people feel better. Just just put an artificial hundred milliseconds in there. Yeah. It's fast, but makes you feel like it. Not even that 250 more. Yeah. I could do when you pull the refresh and then do a pop up that says refreshed. No, 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 no. I hate alerts. I hate pop-ups. Oh my gosh. You know, that is I've been the... using VS code and it puts a million pop-ups for every time you touch the keyboard. That's the thing that Android got right, which is toast. I feel as though toast, yep. it got it right, which means that you can do these nonsensical things and it, it's okay to do really short-term toast or whatever. And I, and I could have put in like a, a debug toggle, like a debug. And like, it does toast alerts when things happen or whatever, you know what I mean? But iOS, there are packages that let you do toast, but it's very, you know, yeah, not really what it's you want. gauche. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll do the thing that you said and put in the artificial delay of at least, you know, half a second. So it's like doing something. And then I will, um, Maybe I'll do something. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Maybe I'll at least put the time updated or whatever. Do you have a place in the UI for it? Yeah, you had some tool bars or something. Just yeah, I can put it up in, there. I can put it in the. I can put it in the header or the footer of the list view. Probably the footer. I would try to keep it always on screen. Footer, if it's always on screen, would be nice. Yeah. Header. Or I have a bunch of room on the info. The info, the settings page, I change it to settings, by the way, instead of more. Well, Uh, that's the classic trick. Hide all your sins under the settings screen. Sure. Under app info. (laughs) Like, oh, last updated data times. That's what I'll do. I think that'll be better because I don't have to change the UI at all on those other pages and go from there. That makes it better or does that make it easier? uh, Easier. 
This is an app that I'm building for free in my spare time, Frank, with no monetization. A lot so. of citizens and a couple Canadians rely on this app, James. Anyways, that is my app update. I want to also know if anyone's ran into crazy HTTP things, maybe different versions of iOS and Android, maybe also just other things going on. Uh, if How you would address something like this. You know, sometimes I love to hear feedback from I always love to hear feedback from our listeners, but sometimes I really want to hear feedback from our listeners. Like, what am I doing wrong in life? Help me. Aw, no, this one's important. You know, we could probably just read the docs too. Probably, probably. (laughs) You tried. I'm sure you tried. I tried. All right, that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Welcome to 2022. This is the first time we're recording in 2022. Very excited for this year ahead of us. We do have episode 290 upcoming, which means that is a lightning topic where you can submit your own topics. So please head to mergeconflict.fm, send us an email. We have a bunch of emails lined up, by the way, that that happened in the last few weeks. So very excited about those. You can hop on our Discord or tweet at us at mergeconflict.fm. So that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.